Welcome to Tater Talk, and this week's episode, The Value of Hardship. Hello everyone, my name is McAfee, and I have the pleasure of interviewing uh, Metavis today. Uh, Metavis and I have actually known each other for quite a while now, probably about three-ish years, I would say. And I have been with him through many, many ups and downs personally and even streaming-wise. Um, introduce yourself, Metavis. Hello there, I'm Medivis, and I'm a madman, a German madman, so, yeah. A German madman, interesting, I thought you were the doctor. Yeah, yeah the, the doctor is a madman with a box, and I'm a madman with a box without the box, so, makes perfect sense, really. Perfect sense, I love it, I love it. <laughs> so, uh, we have a lot to cover, actually, and let's start off with a little bit more light stuff, for example, so... I know that you have been doing YouTube for quite a while, and when I met you, yeah. you were doing Binding of Isaac videos, or you know, along with some other videos, and I don't think that you ever sort of saw the success that you wanted on YouTube. Tell us a little bit about that journey and uh, your experiences with that. Yeah, so quite a while ago, I started on YouTube, just... Um... Yeah, I watched a lot of Markiplier and Jacksepticeye and the other gigantic people, Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, as I always was sort of the outsider-ish person, I sort of connected to those people, and I thought maybe I can do the same for others, so I actually really wanted to do that. And in the beginning, I just got some microphone, because money always is tight, so just like uh, not really well, a really good one, uh, Samsung something, Meteor. And, yeah, then I just started doing gaming videos. In the beginning, you probably remember, my accent was way worse than it is now. <laughs> yes, it's yes. not that great now, so. Uh, yeah, I just started randomly doing stuff. And because I really wanted it to happen, I really put in a lot of effort. And for like half a year there, I did 14 videos per week, which was insane for the workload and the uploading and rendering and all of that stuff. But I never really got anywhere because I did it without any real focus, I think, mm-hmm. and without a lot of the networking that you need. I hate that word, but yeah, you have to do something to get people to find your stuff, and I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Not really. Right, right. I wish that there was, uh, you know, someone like Ashney Christ and the whole Yam fam, uh, you know, back whenever we started YouTube, uh, that would have helped yeah. a tremendous amount. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you made you actually made a fantastic point though. I remember one of the first videos that I watched, um, your accent was super thick, and I had to like really concentrate on the words that you were saying in order to you know understand what you were saying. And but you know in these few years, like your accent um, has improved tremendously, tremendously. Um, Thank you. You've, you've come, and it's not even just your accent, like you as a person have evolved so much in the past few years. I've seen you come an extremely long way, and I'm super proud of you. Um, so let's, uh, let's, you. Let's, uh, let's get into more of the nitty-gritty, let's say, shall we? Yeah. So, whoo, get ready, chat. That's all I'm going to say. For those of y'all just coming in, once again, if you haven't met me, my name is McCoffee. I'm interviewing uh, Metavis today. Metavis and I have been friends for about three years now. Um, 
to this point, and uh, we've been through a lot of ups and downs together, and uh, him as a person, and uh, just uh, get some napkins ready because it's about to be an emotional roller coaster. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, Metavis uh, did YouTube for quite a long time, and then he switched over to Twitch, like I did as well. And we've experienced a lot of ups and downs on YouTube and Twitch, but he's gone through a lot more things personally uh, in the last couple years than um, than any one person should definitely go through. So, Metavis. So I know very shortly after I met you. Well about a year or so after I met you. Uh, you had a recent event involving a very close family member that did a, a really big toll on you. Tell us uh, a little bit about that experience. Yeah, so um, December 2016, uh, on the 6th of December, my mother went to work and she didn't come home. And um, yeah, so my grandmother here were at home and just as normal, and then suddenly my mother's colleagues showed up telling us that she collapsed at work and that she was rushed to the hospital. And um, yeah, so you can probably notice, speaking about it, it's not anything done. I don't think something like that you ever really forget. And if you think about it, then it always comes up. The emotions are there. So if I look a bit teary-eyed, don't mind that, please. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm teary-eyed as yeah. well, no worries. <laughs> So she had emergency surgery, but um, yeah, they couldn't, they fixed the first problem, but she was um, in a coma after that. And what happened was she randomly got an aneurysm uh, while working and yeah, she didn't wake up again. And two days before Christmas that year, she passed away. And um, yeah, it's only my mother, my sister, my grandma and me. So my mother basically being the person earning everything for the family, doing most of the work and um, yeah, carrying us all the time, suddenly disappearing as well as the emotion from losing your mother at that point really crushed me. And that's why at that point I also stopped creating content for many months. This is completely understandable. I think anyone would understand that. <laughs> and if they don't, they obviously don't have a heart. <laughs> um, yeah. That's just, I can't, I can't imagine, you know, losing my mom or my dad or anything like that. Like, I just, I've never lost somebody that close to me, so I can't comprehend, um, you know, the amount of grief that you went through and, you know, just how do you continue life after that? Um, I know around the same time, and uh, forgive me if, um, if if you just said it and I didn't hear it, but um, your uh, your grandmother um, also had a stroke during that same time, if I recall right. Yeah, a, a bit later, like um, April the next year, so 2017. Um, basically, the funeral was end of January for my mother, and then we sort of started getting to move again. To finally, like, not be okay with it, because you can't really be, but to get by. And then the stroke from my grandma happened, and uh, she's sort of fine. So she's alive, and she can still move alone and do a lot of things. But in the, like, house, so the like, cleaning and cooking and dressing herself and all of those things, she can't really do anymore. Because um, her left side doesn't really... Um, she can still move it, but the nerves, especially in the arm, are basically dead. 
So, um, yeah, as she describes it, it's always like uh, the hand is burning, whatever she touches. So mm-hmm. she can't really do much with it, of course. So, yeah, and then my sister is in the military. And because of that, she's at the other end of Germany most of the time. So it fell to me to take over the house and sort of do everything. Not completely alone. My aunt uh, comes by and helps and all of that. But, yeah, so the day-to-day normal stuff I do now. Wow, that's uh, that's got to be incredibly difficult. Um, to uh, I mean, that's got to be incredible, incredibly difficult not just to deal with the passing of your mom, but then the you know your grandma having a stroke, and now all of the household responsibilities you know lie on yourself, and you're trying to grow your own business, and you're trying to you know be a Twitch caster and various other things. So um, before we continue on with any more of the stuff that you've been through. Um, you know, have you, I don't know how to phrase this necessarily, because I don't think gotten over your mom's death is the correct way to uh, phrase this, but how have you been able to cope with that? And how have you sort of pushed, um, you know, past that? And, you know, how are you living life now? Um, you know, now that you have all these responsibilities and having to deal with all of that? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think at first and now mostly as well, um, at least for me, the best way to deal with it is to mostly not deal with it at all. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, as I said a bit early, thinking about it brings up the emotions again. And that I think it would be really easy to dwell on that and just be stuck, which mm-hmm. I did for a while. Where, um, yeah, you come to a complete hold because of that. Because you only think about the pain and the negative sides and, yeah, that you lost someone. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, sometimes it's a bit difficult time-wise now uh, because, as you said, I, I'm trying to do all these things and I'm actually doing all those things. So sometimes they collide a little bit. Like my streaming times, I would like to stream earlier in the day, but I can't because I have to make food and help my grandma to bed and all of those things. So um, you should just sort of find a way. And just find a way, yeah. I mean, you, yeah, with uh, as hectic as your life is, I imagine you can't really have anything super stable. Yeah, it's just uh, random stuff comes up, especially, um, yeah, with my grandma, she's really old, and she had the stroke, so there are days where she's, like, really not well, and um, then she is uh, not really... Not confused, but like unstable, like she can't really walk uh, far alone and all of that stuff. So then I have to keep more of an eye on her. So mm-hmm. of course I can't just close my door and sleep for four hours if she's in that state. So right, yeah. Well, uh, first off, I just want to say that um, I do seriously commend you. Um, I do have a lot of respect for you as a person because you've had to take on this incredible amount of responsibility, and you have uh, had to you know, sort of push through, um, you know, the, the passing of your mother, you know, your grandmother having a stroke. Um, it takes a lot out of anyone. And I know that, you know, there's not a lot of people that can handle something like that. And, you know, they would be tempted with suicide or just to run away or some people never recover. And one of the things that I've noticed about you is, yeah, you were in a bad place for a long time. You know, I was there um, with you when you were emotional, you know, very emotional all the time, understandably, understandably so. And, um, but, you know, I've seen you sort of evolve 
out of, um, you know, thinking that, you know, you know, life was just totally against you and that there was no out and you were never going to recover from this to now. And, you know, feel free to, uh, to plug your, uh, your business that you're starting here in just a minute. But I know that you started up your own business. I know that you're continuing with Twitch. I know that you have your own podcast and I know that you sort of, um, now we're in a place where you too are wanting to inspire people and, um, you know, sort of talk about, um, you know, real stuff, you know, you're a very real person. So uh, feel free to tell everyone right now sort of, you know, what you're doing in terms of, you know, Twitch podcasting, your, uh, your bot, all that kind of jazz. All right, uh, yeah, so, yeah, the first thing, the business, um, when I started my, it's called Fachabitur in German, so it's like um, medium-high degree, and you have to do it before you can study something. You either have the general Abitur or the, like, specific one for a certain topic. And uh, I did it for IT. And from the first moment on, uh, I started programming. I just loved it because I don't know the the logic behind it. And I seem to have a natural talent for it. So creating software is something I love doing. Um, as much or maybe even a bit more than gaming. So um, living in this age where so many people need software, and we have the internet to find those people, it's really brilliant. So that's why I decided to just create a software company. Of course, that doesn't happen overnight, and we're still working on getting the sort of fame that people actually trust us with their um, contracts. And we only did a few until now, but it has been great fun. Also very difficult in some situations because people... Um, don't always hold up their end of the bargain. So you have to sort of learn by falling on your face that you sometimes have to, like, especially in a bigger contract, before I start working now, I take 50% of the costs up front. Just because um, before I spent hundreds of hours in contracts that then, like, fell through with a loophole or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, then you wasted all those hours. Of course, not really wasted, because I still learned something. But, right. yeah, sort of wasted. Right. And, um, yeah, part of that is streamer tools, where I have Medieval Bot, which is, I will rework very soon, sort of-ish, because I want Medieval Bot to be a, like, all-in-one stop. Like, sort of the way better version of slops and all of that stuff. <laughs> but alone, without any budget to get designers and all of that stuff on board, it's really hard to get there. And um, I already spent two years on that, so I started even before I lost my mother on the bot. It's thousands of hours of work, and it's still not where I want it to be. So, um, yeah, we'll sort of refocus it for a while, and then once I have more funds to get other people in to help me, we will create the, like, all-around package out of it. Right. Um, let's let's, uh, let's actually go into more of sort of the mindset there for a little bit because I know the struggles that you've had with you know working with people uh, you know for the spot and you know just from a business side of things you know you've had people walk out on you that you thought were going to be there you know you've had uh, contracts where you thought you were going to make a lot of money and people backed out etc. So how do you take those losses as you know uh, as a businessman and I think that the chat is going to be a 
able to relate to this and people who are listening to this audio will be able to relate to this because Twitch, even, you know, Twitch is a business, right? If you treat it like one. And so is YouTube and various things like that. So how do you take a hit business-wise as, you know, drastic as you did, but still keep going? Yeah, at first, like, when we got the, um, so the contract, this is mostly about, like, the biggest one. Um, it was meant to be, like, 50 to 60 grand, which is a huge amount of money for someone like me. I could live probably, like, four or five years from that, right? Right. And the app the person wanted normally on the market is between a quarter and half a million. So it would have been a bargain for him. Um, but he wanted to pay way, way less, like, not even 10k or, like, way below that. So, um, we basically walked out on him because he refused to go higher. And that, of course, is something, especially after you started the work on it, because, yeah, it, it was basically a contract on a trust basis coming from someone else who knows us. Uh, so that's the only way we would get a huge contract like that, right? Um, if you don't really have a portfolio to show, then you need the contacts to get people in. And, yeah, so first hearing that, like, okay, you won't get this amount of money that normally um, with all the, like, plans and goals that I have, like, I could take 50 grand and make, like, 200 grand out of it. That's fairly easy, like, quote-unquote. <laughs> but you need to have a start amount, right? You can't... Right. Like, the lower you start, the harder it is to get somewhere. Um, and so I was really crushed, but... Then, that's the good thing that I have a business partner, a good friend, uh, Psytech, in the boat as well. Um, he sort of, like, uh, was more angry about it. I was sad he was angry that um, we sort of got screwed over from that. And then after, like, one or two days of being a bit mopey and down, we sort of took a step back and then looked at what is ahead of us and what we have to restructure and do and also what we can learn from this mostly so yeah that's for example where the 50 percent upfront is coming from right mm -hmm. so if i have a project that's like a thousand hours long and uh, the payment comes at the end and there is some way the contract can fall through then you're maybe like 400 500 hours in and then they walk out on you, and it's unpaid work. Right. And, yeah, so that's something we learned from that. And then, for example, um, the Twitch Kittens, a community I'm working with, uh, for my bot as well, they offered to fly me over to TwitchCon, but there were other costs as well, right? So, right. like, you need food, and you have the other travel costs, like getting to the airport, and from the airport to the flat, and all that stuff. So I had to cancel that. Um, especially if Psytech would have joined me, they wouldn't pay for him because they don't have the money to just fly both of us out. Gotcha, um, gotcha. So we would have had the money. Um, uh, we still had some of the site. So the roughly 2K we would have needed for that, we would have. But it was sort of our last savings, which we want to invest to make more out of it. Mm -hmm. And so we had, even though the um, TwitchCon, especially the developer day, would have been an opportunity as well, we sort of had to sort of skip out on that to yeah, focus on what's really important. Mm -hmm. And the right. using the money directly to like, like 
pay for advertisement and all that stuff gives us a lot, uh, a lot more than maybe meeting someone at TwitchCon who might be able to help us. I think you made a lot of really good points there that I just kind of want to highlight. Um, one of the things that you said, the first thing that you said was you walked out on a business deal because they begin to lowball you and sort of, you know, screw you over, so to speak. Um, I know quite a few people that would have just accepted that and, you know, hey, they're screwing me over, but I really need this money, so I'm going to do it anyways. And you had, you know, the courage and the character to walk out on somebody that was trying to screw you over. That takes a lot. And I think that in regards to Twitch and YouTube, you know, there is a lot of circumstances, whether, you know, companies want to partner with us or maybe you're doing a collaboration with somebody that turns out to be just a total trash human. You know, they're homophobic or they're racist or whatever, but they have a lot of followers. You know, are you just going to be able to say, sorry, I don't agree with your values and walk away? Or are you just going to do it because, hey, they can potentially give me a lot of people, right? So I think that was... I think that's incredible that you had the strength to walk away. Um, second, I love what you said. You know, it hurt. Of course it did. You know, you had the potential to make, you know, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000, and that was on the low end. You were doing it at a great discount for them. And, of course, that hurt, right? Because that's a lot of potential money. That's a lot of, you know, hours, quote-unquote, wasted. Um, so, but one thing that you did in order, because you said you saw him for a couple days, you know, who wouldn't, right? But you were able to recollect yourself. And one thing that you said that you did was you stepped back with your partner and you looked at the sort of situation as a whole and you refocused your goals. You, you renewed your mind, so to speak. And I think that's so key when we get caught in either burning out or, you know, not accomplishing our goals on Twitch, YouTube, whatever social media platforms that we're on, is being able to step, you know, take a step back and ask ourselves, who the F are we, right? You know, who are we? Why are we doing this? And I think that is so key for growth, uh, that sort of refocusing. Um, so it's, uh, you, you just brought, you brought a lot of great points I wanted to highlight. Um, so... Your bot, great, fantastic. I love the goals that you have, and you know you want to create, you know, your own sort of, you know, Streamlabs OBS, so you know, all-encompassing, yeah. you know, um, you know, tool for streamers. I think that's fantastic. Um, I also know um, that you've also dealt with a lot, you know, relationally as well. You know, you've had some people that, you know, uh, you know, you thought you met over Twitch that were going to be there for you, and we won't name names, obviously. Um, but you know, it, it turns out that didn't happen. And, you know, this happened probably, I don't know, a year or so, you know, I want to say after, you know, the passing of your mom. Um, I mean, you also know that I went through a divorce as well. Um, so, you know, I've, yeah. I've dealt with a lot of this jazz as well. Um, so you had all of that thrown on you as well, you know, in the middle of, well, this is, I think, right before you went hardcore with uh, your bot and all that jazz. Um, but let's talk a little bit about relationships on Twitch for a moment. I, I know that's a quite a big quite a big thing for a lot of people. Uh, you know, you start hanging around communities quite a bit and, um, you know, you know, obviously Twitch isn't a dating site like Tinder or whatever the heck, right? You know, you don't need to be watching someone for the intention of dating them. But sometimes things just happen. You know, I remember that um, in my on my old channel, uh, there was a few people from the community that actually got together um, because of the community that I had created and uh, a couple of them have even gotten married. So it happens. 
it happens. Um, but let's talk a little bit about uh, relationships on Twitch, kind of what you experienced and how that sort of, um, we're going to turn it into a positive. So how that sort of, you know, fueled your drive, um, you know, to continue with your business and uh, to really pursue yourself and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, so I think um, for like all the things I heard on the like Twitch CEO lately, um, mm -hmm. the whole Twitch is not Tinder kind of thing. Um, mm -hmm. Twitch really isn't Tinder, but it doesn't need to be, because um, from what I've read about like dating relationships and all of that stuff, and what I've experienced, uh, usually. Like the attraction is just um, how close you are to someone and how much time you spend together. Like eventually, even a person you just remotely find attractive suddenly is really, really amazing if you spend every day with them, right? Right, absolutely. So, especially on Twitch, where the like interests are all uh, already the same or very similar. Like you like the same games or you like streaming as well or something like that. It's very easy to spend a lot of time with a specific person and um, then get a bit too close to them. And yeah, especially in my case, it was um, that she had some troubles as well. And because we spent so much time together and yeah, out of stream and in the streams and then movie nights, like her, um, what is it called? Rabbit and Rabbit. all that sort of stick. You get a bit too close, and then we met at a convention, and, you know, things just happen. Nobody plans really for it, and I think if you go to Twitch to act actively find someone, that will probably not work. But if you got, uh, go just with the, uh, like, interests you have and just are open to things, then you will just meet people who are going into the same direction. And maybe uh, someone is in there who thinks the same about you. So I think that's how these things happen on Twitch. Hmm. I, uh, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, one, one thing that you said that uh, I definitely know is true is that uh, I really think diversification needs to be a lot more... Um, a lot more common when it comes to, you know, guys that maybe start feeling a certain way towards a caster or, you know, vice versa or whatever, you know, girls as well, um, that, um, you know, if you're spending every second of your day with someone and, you know, what we have to understand, um, you know, or what viewers have to understand if they're not casters themselves is you're trying to be entertaining. You're trying to be welcoming to all. So you're going to have a more positive, hey, I'm so happy to see you kind of vibe because you want people to feel welcomed in your stream. Um, you know, it's not, you know, so we act a little bit differently than I'll say that we do, you know, IRL. Um, so, you know, we have to keep that in mind as well, is that, you know, the streamers aren't there, you know, most of them are not there looking for a relationship of any kind. So, you know, if you start feeling certain, you know, feelings for a broadcaster and, you know, it, it's better to step away, you know, and start, you know, getting involved in other casts and taking a step back and, and all that jazz because, you know, we're not there <laughs> to date anyone. That's not the purpose of us streaming. Um, I'm very sorry that you went through that because I know that it was a, a very, very hard time for you afterwards. Um, but um, how did you use sort of the setbacks where you thought, you know, hey, I had somebody, you know, life was going to be great. Um, you know, how did you sort of use that? Because I know shortly after that is whenever you started to really focus on your business and really focus on yourself 
and um, you start to use that to improve your character and you know your uh, you know the business side of things. So how did how did you use all of that? So um, for a bit of a timeline here. So um, April last year, before my grandma had the stroke, I created the company. Like uh, we registered it, website mm -hmm. and we started doing some things with the bots, but not really, right? Because um, we had this uh, beginner problem with the it has to be perfect. So we actually used it as an excuse to not do anything. Mm -hmm. And we kept going like that until then in August, roughly, I had that trouble, right? And that really um, got me down, like really, really down. Mm -hmm. for a long time, multiple months, and um, then when I was ready to go, Psytek had a similar situation in his life, mm -hmm. so um, then he sort of had a low slope, and then in the beginning of this year, I met someone else on Twitch, and um, I think their problem that is also something that is like on Twitch, if you get to know someone on Twitch, it's not really your relationship. It's um, the relationship between you and everyone around it. So everyone has their like five cents and even more than in reality because mm -hmm. they are more around, especially if you stream together and game together with um, some viewers who maybe are like jealous or something like that. And so that went downhill very fast, uh, very deep. And then basically from February to April this year, uh, that was when I hit my rock bottom. So I didn't do anything. I didn't work out. I didn't eat properly. I slept completely randomly. So like two to four hours, but at random times. And I sort of had a little bit stew down there. Like seeing how everything was dark and very sad. Mm -hmm. Until then in April this year, I finally sort of had this little click moment. The... If you need a hero to save you, then you have to be that hero, or nothing will ever happen. And so, yeah, that's in April this year, we started going full force. I started programming like 14 to 18 hours a day. That's also why my content creation was super random at the time. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes not, in ex uh, not existent for a long time. Um, I took a few chances, though. Like, uh, I got an email about... Uh, sort of sponsorship with the Twitch kittens for something completely else for a game. And completely random, I wrote back, hey, I have a Twitch bot, don't you want to partner up? And by now that worked out, so I actually earned some monthly pay from having Twitch kittens use my bot, which is amazing. And I think that first success gave me another kick in the butt, which is why I also started the like, full-on content creation. And I'm just, like, all these troubles and problems I had, they all led to me realizing that if I really want to reach for the stars, nobody can stop me but myself, but mm. also nobody can get me there but myself. So that's true. it's a bit sad, and I think very cruel. Some people won't like that idea because it takes away all the excuses and especially all the um, fault and guilt is on yourself. Yeah. So. And that's like the little bit of negativity that that's left in myself. The thought of, I could have started 10 years earlier. I had the ideas for what I'm doing now with the content and the bot 10 years ago. 
and I had excuses for 10 years to finally get started. So now in 10 years, I will look back and be like, yeah, it could have been like 10 years ahead from this. <laughs> so it's I nothing think... of negativity that sort of like is left over for me. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think a lot of people are in that same boat. Um, you know, um, you hear people all the time, you know, say, hey, I thought of that three years ago. Well, you know, well, why didn't you do anything? No. You know, someone else now did the thing that you thought of when you could have done it. You know, I think um, one of the biggest, one, one, the biggest issue that we have with ourselves at the end of our life and even as we're going through life is regret. I think that's a fair thing to say that, you know, we have all these ideas, we want to do things, um, but I know that whenever we get to 60, 75, you know, towards the end of our life, um, that, you know, we're not going to look back and care how much money we made. We're not going to look back and, um, you know, really sort of cry over the things that happened to us. We're going to look back and only think about the regret um, from, the, from the chances that we did or did not take, you know? And... Yeah. Um, but one thing that I know that you're doing is that you are using, you know, this, hey, I should have started this 10 years ago. You're using that as, you know, uh, you know, fuel to the fire. You know, you're, you're just like, you know, I got to get this done now because I should have been 10 years, you know, further along than I am now. So it's definitely, um, you know, a nice kick in the butt. And um, and you already touched on this a little bit, but I want to I want to sort of emphasize a few points that you had uh, just said as well. Um, so people that are really really going through a hard time. And to recap for those of y'all just coming in, uh, Medivus had um, his mom just passed away suddenly one day. She went to work and then really just never came home, and it was uh, very very difficult. And I'm so sorry to hear that once again. Um, and then his grandma, uh, and, and just a, a couple months apart, also had a stroke. And uh, she is still alive, but she can't really take care of herself or the household. So all of that pretty much has landed on Metavis's shoulders. And it's impacted his ability, you know, you know to have a set schedule on Twitch. Uh, you know, uh, it impacts his ability to, you know, work his business and things of that jazz. So he's gone through uh, a tremendous amount in just a short amount of time. Um, so, you know, the title of this is The Value of Hardship. And, you know, we can't control necessarily the things that happen to us in life, but I know that we can control our attitude and our responses to what happened. Um, so I guess what, what is your sort of, um, and you, like I said, you already hit on this a little bit, you know, so what are your sort of tips when people are going through, you know, just that really, really difficult time in life? Uh, some of the things I, I heard you say was you started working out again, you started, you know, eating healthier, um, but what else can you add to that? Yeah, so, um, yeah, the first step is realizing that the, this cruel reality, right, that nothing will change until you change it, right. and, yeah, as I said, that's scary, that's evil, and I really didn't like it myself at first, but, yeah, then, um, like, the first and, like, biggest tip is make it as simple as possible, and... Like, linked with that is, like, my principle of something is better than nothing. So, um, for example, there are a lot of people who don't work out and don't do fitness at all. Um, hey, Medivis, yeah, give, me a give me a second. Yeah. Um, for those of you that are editing this, yeah, for those of you that are editing this, 
edit this part out. I need to fix my mic really fast. Apparently, it's doing the bubbly thing. So give me a second. Okay, bring it back. Check, check. Hello, hello. Uh, hello here. Yeah, they can hear you. Okay, it should be fixed now. I have no idea why Mike does that. It's really annoying. I know it's going to be annoying for editing as well. Um, so apologies. Well, uh, if we're honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, um, so something is better than nothing, right? So um, not in every case, but like for the self-improvement and getting out of hell, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of people don't do anything fitness-wise at all. So just do like one push-up at first, and most people won't even be able to do a full push-up at first. So you can sort of start with a negative. So you start upwards and you just lower yourself. You don't push yourself back up. You just slowly lower yourself instead of face blonding. Mm -hmm. And that's not a lot, but it's a start, right? And it's, it's all about that always with anything in life, um, with a business and content creation and yeah, fitness, diet, uh, sleeping is a very major point. Um, you just start and just start always sounds so easy um and a lot of people then are like sort of uh, threatened by that thought of just starting because they aim too high directly like mm -hmm. you want to start working out so you need to go to a gym and you need to register or you need to buy all that equipment and you have to learn all these exercises and no actually you don't maybe start with a push-up and try a pull-up and maybe go outside and just walk for 10 to 15 minutes every day. That's a really simple start, but it will still like change something, right? right? And if we're stuck in our personal hell, and that can be in our head or our like, um, yeah, circumstances that we have around us, family members passing, uh, jobs being really horrible, or losing a job as well, something like that. Um, it, we just have to find some way of getting out of that, right? And anything that shakes anything up, I think, is a, a great start. And, yeah, in my opinion, always the easiest things to do directly are sleep. Like getting a proper sleep schedule, eight hours, the same hours every day. It might not work at first. Uh, like, for example, I always had problems falling asleep before. Um, so... If I would go to bed at 1 a.m. every night, uh, most nights I wouldn't fall asleep until like 4 or 5, but I would still get up at 9 a.m. Right. just to like sort of get into that rhythm. And yeah, then for working out as well, just starting somewhere, right? And especially with depression and all those things that are um, changing your brain mentality and the uh, chemistry in it. Um, these things, like especially working out, it sets free um, chemicals that will actually help you with that. It won't cure you overnight, because I don't think there's anything that could do that. But it will help, as well like as sunlight would help. So 15 minutes outside is you get a little bit of movement and some sunlight. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's where I started as well. I just started going out a little bit, then um, later on I started running. Uh, I did some Twitter videos about that, and yeah, then I started working out. I have my weights actually lying over there. I worked out this morning, just coming out of like a sickness, just directly back to um, the iron, and yeah. And then the next step 
in my book is food. And I think you only should work on your mindset, like directly and a lot working on it. Once you have those things sort of in order, because if you poison yourself by just putting really bad things into yourself and you don't sleep and you don't move at all, you're just stuck in one place, then you can tell yourself you are a superhero all you want because reality will disprove you in a way that you can't get over. Mm, and that's good. Um, yeah, so just starting to move really got me to the place where, where it was sort of like making little noises in the back of my head of maybe you can do this. Mm -hmm. And then recently, actually, um, which is why I'm really thankful for you introducing me to Ashley Christ, uh, when she did the review of my one vlog where I just tried it, where I just mm -hmm. tried doing the content I wanted to create, um, the review and the way the chat received it the like over 100 people there loving what i wanted to do all along it was sort of the like the little spark that made the little sound really loud so i just had to start right so that's why two weeks ago i just started doing all those things at once the youtube the podcast and the schedule streaming yeah and, yeah. yeah so i think um to conclude I, I'm rambling a lot always. Oh, it was to, it's important to start, and because it's really difficult to start, I would start as little as possible mm -hmm. because every little achievement will pile up. And eventually, even if you just have little Lego stones, you can make something huge out of it. And yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you've pretty much been saying what I've been talking about as well. And I love uh, how you had actual practical advice there. Uh, you know, with working out. And I think too often people confuse dreams and goals. You know, dreams are sort of, you know, the long term almost seems completely out of reach for you. You know, you need to dream really big. You know, let's say you want to be a voice actor, right? And, um, you know, your dream is to work with Disney, you know? Um, so people are like, you know, hey, I got to work with Disney and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But the goal is, you know, the steps along the way to get to your dreams, you know, um, and I think people often confuse the two. And uh, one, one example I like to use is whenever I went through my, you know, serious depression, you know, what you mentioned about little stepping stones, you know, my whole house was a disaster. And I don't know how many of y'all out there feel the same way as I do, but when the house is a mess, it greatly impacts my mood because, you know, that's the place we live. It's the place where, you know, I spend the majority of my time because I don't have any friends IRL. So I'm always in the house, right? So I have to be around that chaos all the time. And so when I'm in that chaos, um, I can't, I, I just wallow in self-pity and it's a never-ending cycle, right? So at some point you have to break out of that. And instead of seeing the whole house as my entire house is a freaking disaster, you have to look at it as, okay, so what exactly is wrong with the house? Okay, laundry isn't done, dishes aren't done, uh, I haven't mopped, uh, you know, there's mold literally growing on the dishes because I haven't done them in so long. Like my house was an absolute disaster. It was filthy, so much to the point where I had gnats flying around my house because I hadn't cleaned, because I was just in such a funk, right? So I had to take it apart piece by piece. One day I woke up and I said, you know what? I'm just going to do the dishes today. And that's all I did. I didn't do anything else, but I actually had a clean kitchen for, for once in a very, very long time. And I came home the next day 
And I was so used to seeing the kitchen disaster that when I walked in, I totally had forgot that I actually did the dishes and, you know, kind of cleaned the counters and whatever. And it shocked me. And I love the feeling of having that clean house. And it gave me a little bit of a confidence boost. And, you know, that's how I feel that we have to approach, you know, um, you know, depression or, you know, whatever, uh, you know, the hardships that we're going through is we have to do little by little in order to, you know, sort of pull ourselves out. You know, you've got to earn those little victories every single day. You've got to prove to yourself that, hey, I'm worth it and, you know, I'm doing something that's matter and you've got to earn your self-respect every single day. So I love that you touched on that. And um, I also love, uh, I remember watching that one video, you know, about you have to be, you know, your own hero. You know, you, you talked about, um, you know, so many people, um, it's just like the action movies where they're in the streets, there's chaos all around, and, you know, somebody, you know, looks up, I need someone to save me, and then the hero comes in and saves the day, and, you know, that's how we want our lives to be. You know, we expect that there's going to be somebody that comes in and saves our lives. What we don't realize is what you made mention is that we are the heroes, you know, we have to pull our own self out. We've got to work. We've got to change. We've got to save the day. And I think that's uh, so incredibly powerful because I know so many people that blame anything and everything about the reason they're not succeeding on other people. And it's a very hard pill to swallow that we're not changing because we are not changing, you know? So I think you brought up, um, you know, uh, a lot of really, really good points there. Um, is there anything else that you would like to add? Yeah, maybe like as final finalization here. Um, mm -hmm. Like I think with all those things, especially like mental health, like having depression, mm -hmm. um, those things will happen to people because this world in my book is very dark, and there's light here, but there's also a lot of darkness, and the only like thing that stops you from getting out of that is the way you approach it right mm -hmm. so either use it as an excuse to stay down or use it as that fuel as you say to just give yourself a boost and yeah that's why i think um my new content focus will like make me happy i'm not sure if it will help a lot of other people mm -hmm. but for me, this idea that we're all living a story, our own stories, and a lot of people are stuck as a side character, even though they are meant to be the hero. Mm. Um, that's something that really that gives m myself a lot of power. And I think, oh, this one idea that has a 1% like, chance of happening, well, the main character of a book would do it, so I will do it. And yeah, that's something that gives me a fire. That's why I do all the crazy stuff I'm doing lately. And yeah, I hope that some people uh, who listen today or will listen to the podcast somewhere else will feel the same from that and yeah, get something out of it. Absolutely, absolutely. And I love how you said, you know, there's there's dark and light, you know, in regards to our life. You know, there's positives and there's negatives. And um, I actually use one visual example, and I'll use it again here, um, that I feel 
Um, you know, positivity, there's a difference between toxic positivity and positivity. You know, there's a difference between just ignoring and pretending everything's fine and everything's okay, nothing's wrong with the world, and understanding that there are a lot of issues and that there is very real danger and there's very, very real negative consequences to action, but still choosing to believe the best anyways. Um, I like to use the example of a rose. You know, you have the, the beautiful, you know, red rose at the very top of this stem, right? Well, along the stem are a bunch of thorns, right? And you can't have the rose without also having the thorns. You know, you're going to get cut along the way. You're going to get stabbed by the thorns. They're going to make you bleed. But at the very top of all of that is a beautiful rose, that your your dreams, your goals, what you're trying to accomplish. You have to go through all of that hurt in order to, uh, you know, have the, the victory, right? And I think that's the way positivity is. When you start believing for the better, when you start believing for, you know, uh, the best, and you start believing the best in people and not the circumstances, it doesn't make the hardship of the circumstances disappear. It just puts a rose in the middle of the thorns, and now you have something Thing you're fighting for. Now you have something that you're believing in. And I think that is so key uh, for people when they understand about positivity is that, you know, it doesn't make your problems disappear. It makes your, it makes your life possible. Um, so I just, I love everything that you said. I think that you were very well spoken. Uh, I, I deeply appreciate you coming on. I know a lot of people here really connected with you as reading the comments. Um, I think you did an absolutely wonderful job. Uh, do you have anything else to say in conclusion? Thank you. Yeah, I think uh, for your toxic positivity, um, like if my understanding, it's the difference between uh, like positive, real positivity is looking for the light in the world, mm -hmm. and the toxic positivity is uh, pretending there is no darkness. Mm -hmm. I think that's like the good, like way to rephrase it as well. Yeah. But yeah, thank you for having me. Um was great talking about these topics. It's always hard to talk about these like really really uh, heavy things that happened, but it also always helps uh, to sort of like shine a little bit of a different light on it and not really get over it, but maybe connect something positive with that negative in yeah. your memory. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And you just made me think of a few more points as well. And uh, I think we'll we'll end on this, um, and then we'll actually we'll, we'll actually end with you giving yourself another shout out. And you know, talking about where everyone can reach you at, and you can link your stuff in the chat as well. Um, but it reminds me of something that I've said a lot as well, where um, you know, basically, you know, it's like. Um, Positivity is like being a bow and arrow in the hand of a mighty man or woman, right? So uh, in order for the arrow to fly further and faster and penetrate whatever object that it's aiming at, you have to really pull the bowstrings back. And the pulling back of the bowstring equals resistance, right? So the value of hardship is hardship equals resistance. And you're getting pulled and you're getting stretched more than you thought you could ever get stretched and pulled in your life and you're having to deal with a lot and it's very difficult and the stretching phase is not comfortable. It, it really hurts. But the further you get pulled back, whenever you release the string, the further and faster the arrow will fly. And I think hardship 
is supposed to be that. Where hardships are not meant to kill us or destroy us like they did, you know, like, you know, like they didn't did with you, you know, what, you know, you, you took it well is what I'm trying to say. You know, they're not meant to destroy us. We're supposed to be like a palm tree. I don't know if any of y'all have ever heard uh, or seen palm trees in a storm, but um, palm trees during hurricanes, you know, down in Florida or wherever else, you know, palm trees when the storm happens, they will bend over in half. They'll basically be leaning down to the ground, praying. And whenever the storm is over, the palm tree will pop back up like the storm never happened. And I think that's the way that our hardships are supposed to be in our life, is that, you know, we are meant to bend with the storm, but we are not meant to break. They are meant to strengthen us, and they are meant to, uh, you know, give us deeper purpose and understanding of what it is we want to accomplish in life and our goals and all that jazz. So uh, I'm going to leave the stream with that thought right there. But Metabus, feel free to plug yourself once again for uh, those of uh, everyone just coming in and for everyone listening to this podcast. Where can we find you at? Yeah, uh, I'm going to post my Twitch in the chat, but it's Medivus basically everywhere. So on Twitter, on YouTube, and I have a really old YouTube channel, so you can just uh, type youtube.com slash Medivus and we'll find it as well. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I create content around the idea of becoming the hero of your own story. And I have three streams, a podcast, and two YouTube videos per week. And yeah, I would love to hear all the stories from all the listeners. And I always love to meet new people. And for those of y'all listening that uh, don't know how to spell Metavis, it is M-E-D. I want to make sure I actually spell this right. I just, I lost it. M-E-D-I-V-H-U-S. So M-E-D-I-V-H-U-S. It's Metavis. Uh, thank you very much for coming on. It was an absolute pleasure, an absolute pleasure to um, to have you on. Uh, we've known each other a while, so this is one of the easiest podcast interviews I will probably ever do, uh, just because I know you so well. Um, but thank you very much once again for your time, for being so vulnerable with us and sharing your story. Um, it, it means a lot to me. I know it means a lot to the people listening, and uh, we'll have to do it again someday. Yeah, looking forward to that then. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was great. No problem, no problem. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time on the next episode of Tater Talk. <laughs>